Hey, this is Jay Muse, and you're listening to Absolute Geek, a show I don't give a fuck about. Snooch. Yes, I do. Check it out. Snoogans. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. And once again, I'm coming to you all by myself. Don't want to be all by myself. I can't sing. But anyways, um, let me go ahead and get you uh, caught up here, up to date. I know I said on Facebook this past week that I was going to make an announcement on the future of the Absolute Geek Podcast and the way things are going to go and the direction we're going to take things. And I intend to do that right now. So, um, earlier this week, I posted on the Facebook page that Kyle was leaving the show. He was no longer going to be with us. Well, fast forward to Thursday, that has since changed. Um, Kyle is going to stick around, and we're but we're going to have to adjust the way we do the show. We want to give you guys a quality show, and we all kind of have our own opinions on how to do that, but... We feel the show benefits more when all three of us, that being me, Kyle, and Jose, are on it together. And we really miss Jose on the Thursday shows. Jose says he misses doing the Thursday shows. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the Thursday show via Skype. Because of Kyle, or not Kyle, but because of Jose's schedule, he doesn't get off work until 8 o'clock Arizona time. So that's really late to record a podcast um, since we all have full-time jobs. And this is just our hobby until we are, you know, lucky enough to make this our full-time job. But that's, I digress on that. So that's too late for him to be on the show. That's why he hasn't been doing the Thursday shows. Um, Kyle had some stuff going on. Didn't think he was going to be able to do the show anymore. But Jose approached me and said, you know, well, what do you think about doing the show via Skype? And as much as I don't like the quality of the show when it's done via Skype... I'm willing to do it in order to accommodate the show to make it a better show. And let's be honest, everybody knows the show is just better when all three of us are on it. So, I mean, that's given us some of our best moments and, and everything like that. So I talked to Kyle and Kyle's like, yeah, I'm on board with that. I'll, I'll just stick around if we can do it through Skype. Life gets crazy. He's got classes, things they are just all over the place. So, and a lot of it has to do with me too, where, we record this show out of my house. All the equipment is at my house. We record the show, <clears throat> every show out of my house. And it's a little bit of a drive for Jose and Kyle to get to my house three times a week or two times a week. And, and also I have, it makes me feel obligated that I have to be a part of every show and do every single show because the equipment is at my house. So in order to record, they have to come here. Well, this now taking the show via Skype is going to change that because if for whatever reason I'm burnt out, you know, don't want to do a show because that's what it does. Doing this show for 300, well, you know, day after day after day, episode after episode after episode, all year long, it, it kind of burns me out a little bit. 
and I, I can't take any episodes off because everything is at my house. So now what Skype opens up, Skype opens up me a little bit to be able to just take an episode or two off if I need to, to re, re, you know, rejuvenate those creative flows. Because if you're having a bad day at work and then you got to come record a podcast, it's really hard to be entertaining and, and everything like that. And sometimes you just can't flip that switch on. Some days you can, some days you can't. And it's just hard to really be entertaining and and produce a quality show for you people who you take your time to listen to us. So we should at least take our time to put together a quality show, at least in my opinion. And Kyle kind of agrees with me, and I think Jose does too. So what this allows us to do is if I can't or don't want to do a show, you guys don't miss out on content because Jose and Kyle can then pick that up and do a show together. And also what um, going to Skype allows us to do is it allows us to open it up to you guys to potentially be a fourth host. We can do a rotating fourth host every now and then or a guest host if, say, I can't do a show one week or Kyle can't do a show or Jose can't do a show. Doing it via Skype allows us to open it up to you to get you more interactive because if you ever thought, hey, I want to, you know... I want to try podcasting. I want to see what it's like. I want to see what it takes to be a podcaster. You can come on and be a guest host on our show for a week and kind of get the feel for it and see what goes into to being a podcaster. And maybe, you know, it'll drive you to want to make your own show or become a, per, you know, a more permanent host or at least a more um, recognized name in the rotation of Absolute Geek or Maybe we can work together to produce a show for you to be put on the Absolute Geek Network, whatever it is. This opens up avenues for us as far as time and creativity and the ability to actually put on a quality show. And it also allows us to get you all more involved. And that's not to say every show is going to be done over Skype. It's just mainly going to be right now that Thursday show, just because that seems to be... It seems to be the hard time to get everybody involved, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna move the Thursday show to Skype, record via Skype, and then that will allow us to, like I said, open it up to you guys more and have a, maybe a potential uh, rotating fourth host or third host or or whatever. It frees me up a little bit and less stress on me if I can't make a show or don't want to do a show for whatever reason. Jose and Kyle aren't handcuffed and they can still do it. It, it, it opens it up and broadens the avenues for everyone else. Now, like I said before, the audio quality isn't the greatest when you do it through Skype, but that's okay. I mean, it's going to suffer a little bit, but there are other podcasts out there making it work. Um, we're going to figure that out. So starting next Thursday, next week's episode, that'll be the first episode that comes to you via Skype. Um, so look forward to that. You'll have all three hosts back together. But I just kind of wanted to get you up to speed on what was going on and everything like that. So we're going to take the host the show via Skype. Um, we're going to do that. Um, we're t- potentially talking about returning comic book reviews to a standalone show that me and Kyle will do over Skype. So those would be like the two shows done via Skype. Um, what the Fuck Friday will come back. And that'll be just a normal recorded, all of us in a room, because that works better that way than trying to do it over Skype. But who knows, that could be a Skype show, too, to allow you, you guys to come in and and uh, be participants in that. So everything's kind of up in the air as far as that goes. But 
Other than that, we are recording a new negative modifiers this weekend. So you'll have that to look forward to next week. Um, Matt, Matt Nay is, I don't know what I'm doing with that yet. Uh, let me know if that's something you want me to continue doing or not. Um, my Spider-Man review was well received, but, um, my God, I mean, I could do some other movies. We'll see what's going on with that. I haven't really decided. I'm working on a new horror podcast that should be coming out soon. I think I'm going to drop that separate from the Absolute Geek Network. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, I'll make sure to update you more on that once that rolls out. It's actually going to be a scripted podcast, so it's a little bit more that goes into it because i got to write the script every week and for every episode. I don't know if it's going to be weekly or bi-weekly or what but um there's a little bit more that goes into that than just sitting here and and do what we normally do for the absolute geek so yeah i'll let you know when that comes about and who i'm working with with that um so and i have some other projects coming too some other stuff that i'm kind of playing a little close to the chest and not ready to reveal yet um one in particular i know i wanted to try and do is sort of an experiment so I think I might just drop it and not say a word about it and see what happens. Um, but yeah. So without further ado, let's get into the show because that's kind of just getting you up to speed on what's going on with us and, and everything like that so you don't feel left in the dark and, and I don't want you to feel like we're not trying to pump out content for you. But uh, let's go ahead and get up to speed. Let's start off this week by talking about how can we not talk about that amazing season seven premiere of Game of Thrones. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, you lost your damn mind Sunday night when the season premiere of Game of Thrones came back. And what a strong episode it was right from the beginning. I mean, this is going to contain some spoilers too. So if you haven't watched the season premiere of Game of Thrones yet, just fast forward um, until you don't hear anything referencing Game of Thrones anymore. Um, how can you not just be so excited for this season? You know she's going to hit the fan this season. And it, it it comes back and starts off right away with Arya trying on Walden Fry's dead body, effectively getting rid of what remained of the Fry family. And then when she delivered that icy part of me speech the, uh, about the North and that still remembers and that winter has come for House Frey, Man, that that just sent chills down my spine when she poisoned the remaining members of the Frey family, completely wiping out that house. She wiped out that house. I'm pretty, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that completely wiped out the rest of the house Frey and getting him back for for what they did. So that was that was pretty fucking epic, man. And then you got a little bit, um, <clears throat> you got to see, uh. Bran and Mira make it to the wall, and then shortly after, Bran had a vision of the White Walkers army making its way southward with some new additions. You got to see the giant that helped uh, that helped Jon Snow at the Battle of the Bastards last season. He is now a White Walker. You get to see zombie horses. I mean, there's nothing this show won't pull off here. Sanson, the Sansa and John dynamic, I feel, is going to be interesting because now you have John Snow as the King of the North, the leader of House Stark of the North, 
and his little sister is still sitting there right by his side, and she is not afraid to speak her mind or give her opinion. And um, they have a little bit of back and forth there where she's he's kind of delivering a speech, trying to rally troops and, and prepare everyone to fight and saying that now not only will men, but men, women, and children will take up arms and fight for the North, for Winterfeld. And uh, Santa kind of had an issue with that. Um, she had an issue with some, with some other things that he said. <clears throat> to going so far as even afterwards talking to him and kind of contradicting him and he's not, you know, he, he kind of calls her out and he's like, you can't contradict me. Like, I'm the king. Yes, you're my sister, but you can't contradict me in front of everybody because it makes me look weak and it under, it, you know, you undermine my authority. And then Sansa hits him in the with that uppercut and that, that cheap shot where she delivers the, the truly devastating own of Jon Snow by asking Jon, and saying, you know, Joffrey never let anyone question his authority. Uh, you think he was a good king? And John kind of sat there, and she's like, is that what you think of me? You think I'm like Joffrey? And she's like, no, you're nothing like, you're, you know, you're nothing like Joffrey. You're ten times better than Joffrey. And and it kind of led to a little bit of pouty face Jon Snow there for a moment, but that got passed. Um, you got to see... Uh, let's see. What else? There's just so much going on there. Oh, um, you're on Greyjoy. Uh, is in the King's is in King's Landing with a whole fleet of cool ships that all have wildly unnecessary uh, aesthetic features. And he's interested in marrying Cersei. She kind of turns him away, and he vows to return to her with the um, after he found Cersei the pri- a priceless gift. Um, he wants to join her. He's kind of pledging his allegiance to her, and and Jamie's Lannister's kind of like, why would we do that? Like we're enemies, and I slaughtered a bunch of your men, and you know I enjoyed it, and in a very Jamie Lannister sort of badass kind of way, he he was kind of questioning everything, and uh, Euron Greyjoy was like, oh, listen, I'm gonna go find you a priceless gift in return, and I won't return until I do. And I don't know what that gift is, and that's kind of what... See, I've never read the books, so, I mean, I don't know what the gift he's going to bring her back is. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be Tyrion, but who knows at this point. Uh, it could be anything or anyone. So could even be Daenerys for all we know. Who I mean, who really knows? Um... <clears throat> So right off the bat, you have, you know, as soon as season seven starts, right off the bat, you have Euron already trying to stir up some shit. And so speaking of shit, Sam is in Old Town scooping it. That's his new job. <laughs> Sam is a, he's a worker with the Maesters, and he's a fucking shit scooper. That's essentially all he does. He fucking, he's a glorified cook and a shit scooper. Um... And then you had the great cameo by Ed Shearing that pissed off the internet so much that he left it and quit Twitter. Uh, so that was always good. I don't understand what the hate between that was. I mean, you, you, you understand that when they approach people's managers and say, hey, do you want to be on Game of Thrones? Who wouldn't want to be on the biggest, one of the biggest fucking shows on TV? Like, who wouldn't want to be on a multi-Emmy-nominated and winning show? You know, it's just like... That's a no-brainer. 
So, of course, maybe Ed Sheeran's not the best actor. So they had him come in and do and play to his strengths. He came in. He sang a song. He gave some shitty grins. He moved over to let Arya sit down next to him. He laughed at her joke. Showed a little bit of shock when she said that she's going to try and kill the queen. You know, it was it was the best it could have been. Like, I don't know what people were expecting from it. Um, I can understand that, you know, people were saying... Well, this is oddly the way the camera angles are and how he had to be like perfectly centered in every shot and and things like that. Well, hell yeah, if you're spending a if you're spending a ton of money having a celebrity guest be on the show, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, have you ever seen um the Vita Coco water commercial with Christy Traeger? I think that's her fucking last name. Um John Legend's wife and it where she's like this she works at this coconut farm and she's sitting there lounging and one falls down and she's like, Ooh, you know, good job. And, and shit. And then like, she smashes it down and walks away and then comes back and like leans down to get her face in the shot. That's FaceTime, man. That's what you pay these celebrities for is to get their face in the scene. And I understand people had a problem with the Ed Sheeran, um, cameo. That's fine. I didn't really have an issue with it. I was kind of like, meh, whatever, you know? So, that was that. Um, what else from Game of Thrones, man? Um, oh, the Hound. Yes, the Hound. Ugh. You had the great moment of the Hound coming, calling out Thoreau's man bun, and he has a vision of the White Walkers at the gate after he's coaxed into looking into the fire. So the White Walkers are at the gate of the East Watch by the sea. Um, then at the end of the show... You had Daenerys and crew finally arriving to the shores of Westeros. Uh, she doesn't say much as she walks through her castle and kind of like dusts everything off and tears down her, her family's old banners. And she walks into the throne room where there's also like a war room with pieces set up on a board. And she doesn't say a word, but then she turns around and delivers the most powerful line of the episode. And <clears throat> she just turns and looks at, at Tyrion and says, shall we begin? And the episode goes the end. It ends. It goes dark. The end. And I feel like that was like the most powerful statement of the episode. She didn't need to say anything else. Just shall we begin? And you know that shit is about to hit the fan. I'm interested to see where everything goes. I'm interested to see moving forward this season. I know it's a short season. I think it's only seven episodes. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with the mountain. I'm interested to see a rematch between... The Mountain and the Hound. I'm interested to see a rematch between um, what happens with uh, Arya Stark and if she actually goes after Cersei and if her and Braun return to the north. Um, I'm interested to see. You, I think you got to find out who Jon's father really is and his whole lineage right off the bat. I'm interested to see if the fan theory that Tyrion and Jon are both Targaryen, Targaryens and dragon riders I'm interested to see if that plays out. Um, I'm interested to see, like I said, the dynamic between Sansa and John play out as, as you know, brother and sister, and he's king now, and she's not afraid to speak her mind, and her undermining him, and and constantly questioning him, and going back and forth with all that. I'm interested to see, interested to see if there is really a hidden agenda or plan with Littlefinger and Sansa, because um, they kind of hint at it, but it, you kind of get that that look of disgust 
um, from her towards Littlefinger. Um, I'm interested to see what continues on with Brianna Tar and and see her kick some more ass. And it's interesting that she's out there training soldiers and and everything like that. So I think it's going to be a good season. I'm interested to see what happens with the White Walkers. Um, what what else? Um, I'm interested. I think it's intriguing that the Outlanders are now going to be the new Night's Watch and. And we're just going to see what happens going forward. So I'm super excited for the rest of the season of Game of Thrones. Um, I can't wait for episode two Sunday. It just sucks that it's it's shortened by three episodes, but I'll live. Um, this weekend, you get Ballers. Also, season three of Ballers starts Sunday night. If you haven't been watching Ballers, I suggest you take that check that show out. It's got um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it. He plays a sports um, money manager. It's a really good show. Great show. Um, I can't say enough about ballers. Uh, what else? Um, you have the Destiny 2 beta going on right now, so if you're excited about Destiny 2, check that out. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con is going on this weekend. There's so much news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. It's ridiculous. I'm a little disappointed that I'm not there this year, but unfortunately I wasn't able to get tickets and press didn't work out for us so i'm sitting at home while people are having a great fucking time in san diego i've been there the last two years and this year i was kind of like you know i don't think it'll be that big a deal if i'm not there i want you know i can miss one year and hopefully someone who's never been got to go in my place um but then when i was seeing all the parties that are going on and and a party with the game of thrones cast and you have just all this really cool stuff going on, man. All these really cool panels I would have loved to attend. Um, I wish I could have got to sit down on the Jeff Johns panel that happened today where he talked a little bit more about what's going to happen and with Doom Clock and what's who's watching the Watchmen and, and where they're going with that story and, and how that they're going to finally wrap up this Watchmen um, rebirth crossover stuff. Um that would have been an interesting panel to sit in. The Nickelodeon panels where they gave you the first shot, uh, first look at the Rocko Modern, Rocko's Modern Life reboot or movie, I think it is. That would have loved to have been there for that. You got a new Kingsman trailer today for um, the Golden Circle. You got the trailer for Jigsaw drop today. That's really cool. Um, if you guys are a fan of The Room, make sure to check out the teaser trailer for the Seth Rogen and James Franco's movie, The Disaster Artist. That is a movie uh, based on the book, um, The Disaster Artist. That's actually written by the guy who plays Mark in the room. And it's about his experience filming that movie and, and everything like that. So that looked really awesome and really exciting. Um, just so much cool stuff came out of San Diego Comic-Con so far. And it's only day one. Like, last night was preview night. Today was actually day one. Um, tomorrow, or well, when you're listening to this, it's Friday. That's always my favorite day. I feel like that's the day to be there because that's normally when all the big, like, Walking Dead panels and Game of Thrones, like, that's where all the big stuff is going on. Um, I'm not sure if that stuff's going on tomorrow or Saturday this year, but... Um, if you're out at San Diego and you're listening, have a great time, man. Um, if you're going to be there all weekend, make sure to be on the lookout Sunday. Jose will be there. He got us a day pass, and he's going out there Sunday. So he'll be there that day. So check him out and 
maybe you can keep up with him. If he didn't get to go last year, I'm glad he gets to go this year. And, you know, that's, that's scary to think that last year he had a stroke and now this year he's he's ready and raring to go back to San Diego. So I'm, I'm wishing him that he has a great time. And I know he's excited. So <clears throat> I wish him all luck and, and nothing but a good time doing that. Uh, let's go ahead and get into some news. Other news that came out this week. Uh, the Walking Dead Season 8 gets a release date at AMC. Uh, thanks to the Walking Dead Season 8 Comic-Con promo poster, we now know Season 8 of The Walking Dead will premiere on Sunday, October twenty second, 2017. So there you go. You got Walking Dead uh, on the 22nd, and then uh, Stranger Things premieres on the 27th. Yeah, um, I think it's the 27th. It's a Friday. I know that. I think it's the 27th. Let me double check that. Because, um, you know, Stranger Things, you don't want to get the wrong the wrong dates. I'm pretty sure it's October 27th. Um, yep, October 27th. Friday the 27th. So you get Stranger Things Season 2 the following um, week. So that's exciting. Uh, The female Ghostbusters will answer the call in a new IDW comic. Though the film features... uh, Though the film feature of the franchise reboot remains in doubt, the stars of Sony's 2006 Ghostbuster film will have found success in the world of comic books. The crew has proven to be so popular, in fact, that following their team-up with Venkman... uh, Stands Zetamore and Spangler in Ghostbusters 101. The new crew of Holtzman, Yates, Tallinn, and Gilbert will headline their very own IDW publishing series. <clears throat> so, if you were a fan, if you weren't a fan of the movie, you probably aren't going to check out the comic book series. But it sounds like people are more are more um, receptive to the comic book series. So, that's something to to maybe check out if you're a Ghostbusters fan. I know I am. Um, I didn't particularly care for the reboot. It wasn't as terrible as people make it sound out to be, but it wasn't a good movie either. Um, but I, I'm not going to check. I think I'm going to pass on this, but there you go. If you're, if you're a Ghostbusters fan and you want to see how these characters, characters are going to, um, stand the test of time, I guess you can check out their comic book series and maybe see if it's a little bit better than that fucking movie was. Um, Other news we got this week, Shazam to be the next DCU film. Um, the Hollywood Reporter uh, contends director David Sandberg. Uh, Sandberg's film will be the next DC Extended Universe feature to move into production. Cameras could roll as early as January as a targeted 2019 release date. Dwayne Johnson, who long eyed the title role before opting into uh, instead playing his foe Black Adam, reportedly won't be involved in Shazam. Warner Brothers announced plans for a Black Adam solo solo film earlier this year, so that's probably where he'll be. So they probably won't do a crossover movie until after they both have their own solo starts. So that's something to look forward to, I guess, if you're a Shazam fan. Um, I've never, I never really followed the character much. I know a little bit about Shazam and 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 Black Adam, but they they were just never a a character that I followed whether you know him by Captain Marvel or Shazam or however you know him. Um, it's just, it just wasn't, he wasn't my cup of tea, so he's not really a character that I followed heavily. 
Uh, and then another shitstorm that sent the internet, er, internet, another shitstorm that sent the internet into a fucking rage this week was that Doctor Who announced that the thirteen doctor, who the thirteen doctor will officially be, Jodie Whittaker will take over as the thirteenth doctor in the next series of BBC's Doctor Who. This decision has caused outrage with fans who forced the BBC to release a statement. Like people were going nuts about this that, you know they were going to have a female doctor and hashtag not my doctor and, and all that shit was going on Twitter. And like, people need to calm the fuck down. Honestly, like you really do to get so outraged about some of this shit. Sometimes it's just kind of ridiculous. Like you're really outraged that a woman is going to play doctor who really like that's what, that's what gets your panties in a fucking bunch. Like we have so much corruption in this country and there's so much negative shit going around that you choose to spend your time getting your fucking panties in an uproar over the fact that there's going to be a female Doctor Who. Now, I know there's there's things that all fanboys, myself included, if you listen to this show, I sound like a fucking hypocrite right now, but if you listen to the show, there's things that I get fired up about. I understand getting fired up about stuff, but like a doctor, a, a female Doctor Who, like just kind of like, see what happens, you know, like, I'm, I'm all for female James Bond, I'm all for, I, I, I'm all for seeing what happens, and so, uh, you know, I'm hoping that with the new Doctor being a female, it's gonna give you a fresh spin on the character, and maybe it'll give that Doctor Who a shot in the arm, and make it even bigger than it is now, it'll rejuvenate the franchise, who knows what it's gonna do, I just say, give it a shot, and, and really, the fact that the outrage got so crazy that the BBC had to release a statement about it. It's, it's crazy. Um, the statement says, Since the first Doctor regenerated back in 1966, the concept of the Doctor as a uh, constantly evolving being has been critical to the program. The continual input of fresh ideas and new voices across the cast and the writing and produ- production team has been key to the longevity of the series. The Doctor is an alien from the planet Gilfrey, uh, or Gallifrey, or however you pronounce it, and it has been established in the show that the Time Lord can switch genders. As the controller of BBC Drama has said, Jodie is not just a talented actor, but she has a bold and brilliant vision for Doctor Who. She aced it in her audition, both technically and with the powerful female life force she brings to the role, she is destined to be an utterly iconic doctor. We hope that viewers will enjoy what we have in store for the continuing of the story. <clears throat> and I agree. I think that statement was said perfectly. I agree 100% with that statement. I understand that we're all fans. We are all passionate about, about our particular fandom. I'm passionate about many things like Power Rangers, Spider-Man. Like I, I was very, I call myself a hypocrite because I was very critical of the Power Ranger reboot. I went and saw it and I was pleasantly surprised by it. You know, there's things that we as fans constantly jump the gun and are overcritical of and are like, well, I don't think that's a good idea. I think that sounds stupid. I don't know about that. This is going to suck. This is going to be shit. You know, we, we constantly jump the gun on things without just being like, yeah, maybe. And I think, and I think there's a, <clears throat> more approach to some things I'm going to take is wait and see. Maybe we'll wait and see how that plays out or we'll wait and see how this plays out because it just, 
you know, jumping over critical just sends so much hate and negativity out in the world. But what are you going to do, right? That's that's our fandom. We're passionate. We are passionate geeks. We are passionate nerds. We are passionate about our fandoms. Like, I'm passionate about The Walking Dead. You know, you got people who are passionate about Game of Thrones. You got people who are passionate about Doctor Who. Like, we all have our certain passions and our certain, our, our fandoms that we are absolutely passionate about. And we will defend till their dying day. And... I understand where Doctor Who fans are coming from, but I, I just think we need to tone it down. We shouldn't be driving people off Twitter because they had a cameo in a show, or we shouldn't be throwing around hate because they decided to switch a gender of a Doctor Who character to try and freshen things up. Because now are we going to get another female companion? Are we going to get a male companion? What are we going to get? Like People are saying, well, there's not enough diversity in Doctor Who. And, well, last season you had a, a, a black gay companion. So, you know, it's <laughs> there's diversity there. And Doctor Who has had this in the works. They've had this in the, in, the, in the plan for a long time. It's not like they're just like, well, we need to shake things up a bit. And we need more equality. So we're going to have a female Doctor. No, it was planned. So just wait and see what happens. See, See what plays out. You know, it's exciting. It's it's fresh. It's new. You'll see what plays out. Um, and then hate on it. <laughs> if it doesn't go well, then fucking hate on it. Uh, Stanley honored with a Hollywood Walk of Fame ceremony. The Marvel Comics legend Stanley just got another honor in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, Variety report or Vanity reports that. No, it's Variety. I think it was from whatever. Uh, Variety reports that Lee, whose work also uh, ventures into television as a film, was honored with a hand and footprint ceremony in front of the TLC Chinese Theater on July 18th. So, congratulations to Stan on another great honor. Um, he looks like he's keeping busy after the, the passing of his wife, and hopefully he continues to do so. Um I know that can, especially with the kind of love story they had, that can kind of be um, a huge reality shock and can take your life in a couple of different, different paths. And it looks like he's choosing to continue to stay busy and keep going. And that's that's great. Um, George A. Romero, Night of Living Dead creator, passed away. The horror icon, the horror icon and legendary filmmaker George Romero passed away at the age of 77. He is best known uh, for bringing the modern take on zombies to the big screen with his landmark Night of the Living Dead film in which uh, and its follow-ups. Romero passed away in the wake of a brief but aggressive battle with lung cancer. He passed away while listening to the score of 1952's The Quiet Man, uh, one of his favorite films. <clears throat> so he went out listening to something that brought him a lot of joy in his life. Uh, he's been very critical of The Walking Dead as of late, saying that The Walking Dead is the reason why he can't get any more zombie movies made. And to be honest with you, if you don't have, um, you know, if you don't have the walk, if you don't have Night of the Living Dead, you don't have Zombieland. You don't have Walking Dead. Like you don't have all of the these current iterations of the zombie franchise. Like some people say that the zombie franchise is very um, overplayed and it's it's very um, saturated and there's not a lot of fresh ideas and there's not a lot of creativity going into it, but it can always be re-jumped up. Um, I mean, even with that, 
sort of stuff. It, you have people that wanted to to stay the way it's been. So without George Romero and without Night of the Living Dead, you really don't have any of that. So I wish the best to his family and um, friends in in the, the wake of his timely passing. <clears throat> then speaking of that, today Lincoln Park lead singer uh, Chester Bennington uh, has reportedly died of suicide at 41. The 41 uh, musician, the 41 year old musician, was found at his private residence and Palos Verdes estate in Los Angeles County on Thursday morning, just after 9 a.m. According to TMZ, he was reportedly hanging himself at his home. Bennington was married with six children from two wives. Uh, the singer had struggled with drugs and alcohol for years. So that's that's totally sad. If you were a Linkin Park fan, I know. I was their first two albums were really, really good. They were the voice of a generation. You can try to deny it if you want to, but you really can't, that they were a voice of a generation. Um, Chester was a, an amazing singer. I loved Linkin Park when they first came out. Um, their first two albums, like I said, were, were phenomenal to me. They were a big influence into me, one of my favorite bands growing up. Um, <clears throat> it's actually kind of funny, like, you know, being angsty teenager and always pissed off. I can remember a time me and my dad got in an argument, and uh, he still remembers it to this day. I took the... Um, he, he pissed me off. I can't remember what the argument was about. I just remember that, like, I've, I'm very into... I'm very big into using song lyrics to express how I'm feeling or if there's something that a lyric that um, touches me in a certain way or brings special meaning to me, like I'll copy it and put it on like a a notebook or I did it onto my door when I was a teenager or even now on Facebook. Depending on my mood, I'll still do that. So me and my dad got in an argument. I was maybe 15, 16 years old. I, I don't remember. But me and my dad got in an argument and I printed off the lyrics to Simple Plans Perfect and put them on my door. And I will bring it around to how Simple Plan and Lincoln Park connect in this story. To this day, my dad remembers the pro- the, the uh, me posting the lyrics, but he doesn't remember that it was a Simple Plan song. He keeps constantly referring to it as a Lincoln Park song. He's just like, he'll always be like, oh yeah, Lincoln Park and sing songs about how I hate, they hate my dad and how you weren't good enough and blah, 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 and that you're not perfect for your dad. I hope you're happy now, dad. And I always correct him like, no, dad, it was, it was simple plan. I'm, you know, so obviously it had an effect on him to where he still remembers it, but it, it, it probably hurt his feelings for that. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure younger me would have felt like shit if I would have known it, but regardless, um, yeah, that's, it's just funny that he always calls it a, a Lincoln Park song, but uh, that sucks, and, and my my heart goes out, and my condolences go out to his his you know wife and ex wife and his six kids and the rest of Lincoln Park man. It it uh it sucks, and I make I made a joke on on Twitter, and you know um it just I don't know it it sucks, but he was a huge fan of Chris Cornell and I guess they were good friends. And today is also Chris Cornell's birthday. And he kind of went in the same way as Chris Cornell. And that's, that's always, that's always tragic, man. You never, you never want to see that. And suicide is never, suicide should never be an answer. 
Suicide is a perm. It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Um, and and everybody wants to glorify, like, the suicide and that he he killed himself and that, you know, things like that and and how tragic it is. But the tragedy is that suicide is preventable. You can prevent it. So if you are if you are feeling suicidal or you have suicidal thoughts or you know anybody who might, you know, need help or, or think they're suicidal, reach out to them, get some help. Make sure to call the, you know, call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Suicide is preventable. And again, I said it is a permanent solution to a temporary problem because things are always bad in life and you think there's no way out and, and you sometimes you have drugs and alcohol that amplify that feeling. But just know that there's always a solution to this problem that doesn't involve suicide. But if you think suicide is an answer, get help. Um, reach out. Contact the, new, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 800-273-8255. You can always sit here and we can talk about this story until we're blue in the face, but we need to practice and preach prevention and, and kind of get it out there and and just know that suicide is, again, it's preventable. And if you need someone to talk to, just, you know, there's people in place and there's systems in place for you to get the help you need. So just go out there and, and, and seek it. And it doesn't make you look weak if you, you ask for help and admit that you need help and that you're having these thoughts. It makes you stronger by understanding and realizing that there's something wrong and you're trying and you want to get the help that you need so that you can, you know, maybe change your life a little bit and you know it's just it just goes to show that no amount of fame or money fixes your problems and a lot of times they only bring more and i don't know what chester's problems were i'm not even going to begin to try to understand that but you know if if you look and if you feel suicidal and you have no way out there are there are um avenues that you can use to seek help and I know I've battled, I battle with depression, chronic and severe depression. I've battled the thoughts of suicide before, but it's always, it always comes back to, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem that every day you have an opportunity to turn your life around and make it what you want it. You just got to struggle. You got to hustle. You got to grind. And, and some days it feels like the weight of the world is just too much, but you, I'm just here to say, you know, don't, don't give up, keep going. Um, your life is worth more than the temporary situation that you're going through right now. And and it may sound ignorant, but I'm just a firm believer that tomorrow's a new day and tomorrow holds opportunities that today doesn't. And and who knows what's right around the corner for you. So um, I just urge that if you have feelings of suicide and you feel like there's no way out to reach out and get help and there are systems in place to get you the help that you'll need. So again, I just want to, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to to Chester and his kids and his his family in the the Lincoln Park. But uh, enough of that. Moving forward here, um, Tyus Gibson confirms that he's in talks with the with uh, Warner Brothers. The Fast and Furious star Tyrese Gibson has been uh, gunning for a chance to play Green Lantern to Jonathan Stewart since early 2015, launching a social media campaign that he revived this May. It seems like gif, gif, ugh, I'm fucking cotton mouth now. Uh, it seems like Gibson's efforts uh, might not be for naught. 
as the actor has confirmed that he is in talks with Warner Brothers about the role to play Jonathan Stewart in the Green Lantern Corps movie. Uh, I'm not, I'm okay with this. Like, I know a lot of people aren't, but I'm okay with this cat with him playing Jonathan Stewart. I, there's not a, there's not a lot of other actors that I could see doing it. Um, maybe the guy who plays Luke Cage in the Netflix series, I could him see him doing it. A lot of people wanted Idris Elba, but I think he's too old. Well, I shouldn't say that because there's no such thing as too old in Hollywood anymore. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know if he fits. I think Tyrese would be a good casting. I mean, I, I don't know. I shouldn't say too old because I know Tyrese is up there in age too, but I, I just, I feel like he would be a good casting for Jonathan Stewart. I'm not, I mean, let me know. If you disagree with me, let me know in the comment section on Facebook or or whatever. Let me know what your thoughts are about Tyrese and who you think would be a better Jonathan Stewart than him. And, um, you know, let me let me know some of your ideas. Um, Teen Titans TV series will uh, consist of 13 episodes in the first season. When it was announced earlier this year that the live-action Teen Titans show will be moving from TNT to DC's own streaming service, not much had been re- uh, revealed regarding the project. However, thanks to the new reports from Deadline, we now know that the first season of Teen Titans will consist of 13 episodes. So I'm excited about that. So you're getting a full run right off the bat. First, full 13 episodes. It's about the same length as a Netflix series. Um, the Marvel Netflix series. So it sounds like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to very much copy that formula, but on their own streaming service instead of partnering with Netflix. Uh, a new cartoon Ghostbusters film is reportedly on the way. And the slew of news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con today, Ghostbusters director Ivan Reitman let it slip about the new Ghostbusters animated film. So I'll be excited to see that. <clears throat> It'll be nice to see what cast they go with. If you're going to get the real Ghostbusters, if they're going to go with the, you know, I know the real Ghostbusters cast is the same as the normal cast, but it'll be interesting to see what direction they go with that. If you get, you know, the, the classic Ghostbusters or if they go with like the Ghostbusters Next Generation or if it's going to be just the female cast, of, that female Ghostbusters cast in a new movie that's just animated instead of live action. Um who knows what they're going to do with that. We'll, we'll keep you updated as more information about that comes out. Uh, in video game news, Dragon Ball Fighters added three new characters to its classic game. If you've not heard about Dragon Ball Fighters, it is the fight anime fighting game that took E3 by storm. Nobody saw it coming. Everybody's waiting for this game. Everybody's trying to get their hands on it. The demo, the signs up. if you're interested in it, the sign up for the demo is the 26th of July. So um, be on the lookout for that. But they have just when they first announced the game, they announced that it was going to be um, the roster was uh, at that time it was Vegeta, Goku, Teen Gohan, Frieza, Cell, and Majin Buu, and now they have announced um, Piccolo, Future Trunks, and Krillin. So we're up to nine characters now. So no, I'm sorry, ten characters: Cell, Frieza. Majin Buu, Goku, Vegeta, Teen Gohan, Krillin, Trunks, Piccolo. Nine. We're up to nine characters now. So um, that's exciting. I can't wait for that game. I'm so overhyped for that game. Um, I can't wait for it. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite adds Spider-Man, Frank West, and more at San Diego Comic-Con. It was announced today during Marvel's gaming panel at SDCC. 
that Spider-Man, Dead Rising's Frank West, Resident Evil 3's Nemesis, and Final Fight's Hangar have all been added to the uh, fighting game's lengthy roster. So we're going to get more characters in Infinite. Um, if you're a Marvel vs. Capcom 2 or 3 or original player, um, I'm sure you're exciting for Infinite. Um, Will Smith officially <laughs> cast in Disney's uh, live-action Aladdin to play the role of Genie. So we'll see if how he does with that. A lot of people are kind of on the fence about that. Not sure how that's going to, to play out because, you know, it's Will Smith, so you're going to get, he's some kind of Aladdin. What are you, some kind of Aladdin? So am I some kind of genie in a lamp Aladdin? So, you know, you're going to get welcome to Earth moment or some kind of suicide squad or welcome to Aladdin or some shit like that. It's an iconic role that was made iconic by um, Robin Williams, but if we've learned anything in the year 2017, it's that nothing is sacred anymore. And there's no such thing anymore as an iconic role because they're going to remake it if they want and someone else is going to play that role. So there'll always be comparison to who did it better. But um, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. So get pumped for that. Um, you had Mar- uh, you had um, the Disney convention this past week. You got your first look at Thanos' children. Uh, you got the first look at the Star Wars theme park. There apparently was a trailer for John Favreau's fucking uh, Lion King movie that everyone's losing their shit over and saying how great it is, but we got nothing. We have yet to see anything. There was a trailer for um, Infinity War, Avengers Infinity Wars that was shown that is not... We got nothing yet, but the Russo brothers have said that they promised there will be a teaser trailer coming soon that people can see. Um, so you got all that coming out. You got the first look at Star Wars Land, the new Disney theme park, and all kinds of cool stuff coming on at Disney. Um, you got an awesome behind-the-scenes um, short like scissor teaser, teaser for Star Wars The Last Jedi, showing the actors on set and stuff going on there. Uh, you also got, um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on at Disney right now. Um, other than Will Smith playing the genie in Aladdin. Um, and uh, one last thing I just got was kind of funny news. People were so excited to watch the premiere of Season 7 of Game of Thrones that they actually stopped watching porn. According to Pornhub, uh, Pornhub recorded a... N- 4.5% decrease in traffic during the Season 7 of Game of Thrones premiere. However, uh, as you can see from a graph you can find online that Pornhub released online, um, as soon as the episode was done, people swiftly returned to their regularly scheduled porn viewing. So it's nice to know that you pervs stopped, along, stopped fucking touching yourself long enough to go watch some Game of Thrones. You probably touched yourself at Game of Thrones hoping you see you know, some, some, bo- some Daenerys boobs or... A fucking cack or or something because you know Game of Thrones is fucking full of dick and and boobs. So you probably just stop jerking it on Pornhub to go jerk it to Game of Thrones. You perverts, you nah, you fucking dirty perverts. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, that's it for the news for this week. That's all I got. Um, like I said, keep 
Keep your eye on the Absolute Geek Facebook page. Keep your eye on our Twitter. Keep your eye on our social media. Keep your eye just everywhere because with San Diego Comic-Con coming out, you're going to get news hot and fast and you're going to probably get in humans news. You're going to get walking dead news from the panel. Like everything's going to start coming at, I'm expecting to get a, a teaser trailer for the season eight of walking dead. Like you're going to get, they might not though with, with everything with production being shut down, but who knows how much they filmed before that. So who, who knows what's going on with that? But, um, there's so much stuff that's going to be coming out of walk out of, uh, San Diego comic-con this weekend. So, just be on the lookout, man. And there's there's so much news that we'll we'll keep try to keep you up to date on and kind of touch on next week in in the episode. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and get into some fucking comic book reviews, guys. Not a whole lot came out this week. Um, I I only have three books to review, unfortunately. Uh, we got Batman twenty seven, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider Man number two, and Super Sons number six. Um, I'm going to start with, with Batman 27. Um, in Batman 27, it was, there was an issue with this, with this issue. DC build this issue to be part three of the war of jokes and roses, or sorry, jokes and roses, the war of jokes and riddles. And, um, it, it, it wasn't when you got 20 issue 27, it turned out to be an interlude, kind of an, in, like a, a middle story and it followed um it kind of followed the, the riddler and joker still but you had um like this guy kind of just telling a story essentially is what it was um he was an old associate of the joker and he was uh calling the the joker back to um it was following uh Charles Brown and he was an associate of the Joker that the Joker left alive and he's contacting the Joker to see what he's going to do and it's it's essentially what it essentially is it's essentially the origin story of Kite Man Um, he kind of flying a kite with his son he's obsessed with it and then he, he walks out of this diner and he gets absorbed by Clayface and Clayface take Clayface takes him to Riddler, um, and Riddler kind of interrogates him. He's like, "Just want you to confirm uh, your son's name is your name, Charles Brown." He's like, "Yes," and he's like, "He lives with his mother at Cavalier Terrace Apartment Thirty Seven G." Yes, good. Now tell me about this meeting you made with the Joker, and he's kind of like spilling all this like this bartender through this whole story, and then. Like fucking Batman walks in behind him and the Joker like Batman's fighting all these people and the Joker grabs him and pulls him out of there and he's like taking him away and then there's this is like really awkward shot of him and the Joker like sitting on the couch talking to each other. Um and he's like and Charles Brown's like, Batman had me set up the meeting, but then the Riddler found out and I told him about the meeting, and then Batman found out about the Riddler, so I told Batman about the meeting again, and then everyone was there, and Joker's like, huh, it's almost funny. And then it comes back to Batman and him talking, and pretty much the Joker sets him up with a, a fucking bomb vest, and he's going to blow himself up, and he clicks it, and and nothing happens. Um... 
and then it shows to it shows back to them like sitting there talking and then it cuts to this dude watching TV he's like the city is dead uh frank you're being um you're being crazy he's like no no it's dead he's like it's crazy to pretend that what's happening isn't happening these criminals are making Gotham City their own little war zone. And it just uh, shows the dude, and the phone rings, and he's like, um, and then, like, you see, uh, you see the building explode. He's like, Batman, please, Bill, please. So essentially, he's on the, the building, and before it can blow up, it cuts back to Batman sitting there. Um, Batman stops him. He's like, he said he knew, uh, he knew I'd betrayed him before he could even uh, come to me. It was all about some riddle or a joke or I don't know for you. He put poison on the rope uh, on the roof of the damn kite. I need to see my son. So his son was poisoned and his son is in the hospital now. So he goes to the hospital to see his, his son. and He's sitting there um, talking to his son. And his son's talking back to him. His son's like, Daddy, did something bad? Uh, did I do something bad? And his son's like, No, no, Charlie, it's okay. <coughs> I said the word to you, um, the one you're not supposed to say. I said it again when mommy, I said it again. He's like, don't worry about that, Charlie. You're fine. Everything's fine. And his son's just kind of like in and out of consciousness. Um, and he's like, does it mean I'm going to go to the other place now? Because he said hell. And his dad, in the earlier in the book, his dad was like, don't say hell because that means you'll go there. And... His, he falls asleep and he's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, my boy, please, no. So I don't know if he dies or if he falls asleep. And I'm, I'm assuming he dies, but who knows. Um, then it cuts to him sitting on the side of the building. And he's like, I'll catch him. Batman's sitting behind him. Like, I'll catch him, Brown. I swear what the, what the Riddler's done to your son, to the city, there will be vengeance. Um, and he's like, this way, that way. It just gets worse. And it shows him in the his like basement, and he's cutting up this fabric, and he makes this giant kite. And then he goes and rings this doorbell, and the Joker answers. He's like, "Is this a joke?" And he's like, "Kite man." And the and Joker kind of just stares at him. He's like, "Kite man," and it cuts back to Kite Man. He's like, "Hell yeah!" It's like the Battle of Kite Man Part One. So I'm not sure why Tom King chose to take this direction and give us a Kite Man story in the middle of the the war of jokes and jokes and riddles i'm sure it'll pay off in the end but um this book has kind of got a little bit of controversy going on with it right now because it was like i said it was pushed by dc that it was supposed to be part three but instead it was an interlude and i guess it's caused a numbering issues moving forward with the book so like issue of part three of the war and jokes and riddles is actually going to be batman 28 when 28 should have been part four so i guess it messes up the numbering of of this arc of what they were supposed to do. So um, if you're not happy with it, there is speculation that DC will make this book returnable to where you can get your money back. But it was an okay one-off story. It was kind of hard to follow at times. Um, I kind of gave it a 6.5 out of 10. It it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Um, Then we have Super Sons number six. I really enjoyed Super Sons number six, Planet of the Capes part one. So if you remember the last Super Sons book we reviewed, Damien and John have finally got the okay to go out and start using their powers and, well, John's powers and fighting crime and stuff. And 
John's dad finally agreed to let him do so, but he has to do it at a curfew. He's got to be home by 10 o'clock. So him and Robin meet up and they're going to start, they're going to start, uh, you know, doing the superhero thing. And Robin's kind of like, this is your training day. And, and John's like training. Who said you were training me? And Robin wants to stop. <laughs> Robin automatically goes off the bills and starts fucking with this guy who's a, who's just jaywalking and interrogating him. And John kind of stops him and, and lets the guy go. And then it cuts to like a montage of, you know, them stopping a purse snatcher and saving like a cat from a tree and helping change a tire. And they're pretty much doing just all these like civilian, like, you know, normal superhero things that people without powers would do. Um, and then you have them sitting on a building and Robin's trying to make a phone call. He's like, they're not answering. And John's kind of like, who are you trying to call? He's like, my team. Uh, I have more responsibilities than just us. And John's kind of like, sounds like super important. Uh, sounds super important if they're ignoring your call. Uh, and Damien's like, they're raw, young. I'm still working on them. One day, maybe you'll even be ready to be a Titan. And this cat walks up. And John picks it up. He's like, yeah, with you in command, it sounds like it'll be a thrill a minute. And the cat talks to him. He's like, you don't, he's like, don't knock the Teen Titans, super kid. It beats being Robin's assistant. And John kind of freaks out and Beast Boy transforms. And then the Teen Titans walk up, Starfire, um, Aqualad, Raven, and Beast Boy. And uh, Raven's like, hi, Robin. Or not Raven, but Starfire's like, hi, Robin. And they're like kind of talking and, they're trying to track Raven is, is tracking this um, anomaly and they're trying to find out um, what's going on. And Robin's like, uh, he's like, let's go Superboy. You can find your way home from here. Uh, should be easy. Just follow the negligent cat owners. And he pushes Superboy aside and John's kind of like, Hey, and he's like, uh, my sensors picked up radiation, uh, no terminal measurement. And, uh, Robin's like, Raven, see if you feel any uh, distortion. The slightest jolt will help. And they kind of take off. And uh, Robin's like, Beast Boy, I told you about uh, the chiropractors. Or no, the chiropractors. Um, he's like, I told you about the chemoreceptors and honeybees. Uh, could be useful also. And Beast Boy's like, you got it. And... Uh, so Starfire turns to Robin. She's like, does your friend want to come with us? And he's like, and, uh, Robin's like, no, this is a Teen Titans business. And he's like, and Starfire's like, I'm just saying, it's weird you didn't ask your little friend to come with us. And Robin's like, seriously, Starfire, which word in Teen Titan are you struggling with? He's 10. So Robin's kind of just really struggling with the fact that, uh, you know, you got to be a teenager to be a member of the Teen Titans. Um so they go to this anomaly and they get off the plane and uh, John's kind of mad. So he's going home and he, uh, he gets home and Lois is like, go oh, look, you're a minute early. And she's like, well, your dad's a justice league business and I got to go to the planet. Um, he's like, the state Senator was just arrested for stealing tech secrets and selling them to Russians. Um, she's like, so don't stay up till late. go to bed. That's enough superheroing for one night. And he's like, yeah, whatever mom, he's watching TV. And, uh, the Titans are trying to follow this radioactive activity and they fight and then raving it punch in the face through a wall and these goons come out and he's like, I'm Adam Master and he's Chun Yul and we're here to beat you down hard, Titans. Please make it easy on yourselves. 
So the start, the Titans start fighting, and Robin's like, "Beast Boy, something big," and Beast Boy transforms into like this giant gorilla, and um, he gets taken out. And then Starfire and Aqualad try to use their their powers to combine to make a an, an attack, and um, nothing happens to them. They get knocked out, um, and he's like, and Robin's like, "Take cover! I'm gonna rattle that no face," and Beast Boy. This girl's going to attack Robin from behind, and Beast Boy kind of steps in to take the punch. And uh, and Robin's like, come on, bring it. And all. And a voice says, your team is strong, Robin, but new. That's why we wanted to catch you unexpected. Because the Time Commander doesn't have time for a long, drawn-out battle. And the Time Commander starts coming through the wall, and Robin's like, you read my mind. I was thinking the same thing. And he throws some batterings at him. And uh, the time commander's like, tisk tisk, and we're done here. And Chun Lin goes up behind Robin and puts him in a full Nelson. And Robin's like, I got 17 ways to take you down before you could even think about killing me. And Robin's like, So, yes, we are done here. And Time Master's like, Killing you? Oh, dear, no. That's way too early for that. I need you to, uh, to collect more friends to bring back to me. We need more than just a, a team of kids to make our point. And he kind of like does a, a little hand gesture, and then it cuts back to uh, to John sleeping on the couch, and he hears a knock, knock, and John's like, "What?" And and you hear John, "Wake up, son," or "Wake up, John," and he's like, "Huh, Dad, is that you?" And then you hear the voice say, "Are you crazy? Do I look like your dad?" And there's old man Robin standing there with the Teen Titans, so he looks he's all old while the rest of the Teen Titans are still young. So um, apparently, Time Commander did something to age him and um and yeah and that's where it leaves off uh i'm still really excited by super sun it's still a really good book i give this book an 8.5 out of 10 i like the comedy that it brings i like the the direction of of damien and how he's just a little asshole i like the innocence of john um and i think mixing this book with the teen titans was a nice touch i think it'll make the teen titans book even stronger whenever superboy joins that team and I thought it was really funny that at one point Beast Boy refers to Superboy as um, Robin the Gilligan in this book. So I give it an 8.5 out of 10. And my last book of the night, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, issue two. Let me tell you, issue two is so much better than issue one. And I thought that was going to be hard to do. Um, but it, it really was. So it picked up with Spider-Man. Remember the last issue, Spider-Man found a, a hacked Stark phone. He was trying to figure out who hacked it. So he it took him to this house in Chicago, and when he opened the door, he got blasted. Well, it turns out that it was um, <clears throat> Ironheart, the new female Iron Man. And um, Spider-Man kind of loses his shit that it's Ironheart. And he's like, oh, man, you're the new, you're the new Iron Man. Uh, he's like, can I get your autograph? And he's like, I already got the new Captain America's autograph. <laughs> so he's trying to get Ironheart's autograph, and then... That's fun. Like so, like Ironheart grabs him up and starts to fly off, and and he's like, "You're no Tony Stark." He's like, uh, "I blame millennials." Um, somehow he's like, "You're no Tony Stark," and he kind of webs up her her ankles and you know pushes her boosters around to cause her to cause her to to fall and lose trajectory. He's like, "Hot adult, t- hot adult tip." Tony Stark had auto locks on his knees to prevent this exact kind of thing from uh happening and they crash land and um Ironheart stands up and kinda 
shows him uh, Tony Stark is her AI. He's, he's not alive. It's an AI, and Peter kind of tells him what's going on and shows him the hacked Stark phone. She's like, oh, yeah, I've hacked these a bunch of times and and stuff. And <laughs> the she's kind of talking to him and and stuff and about what's going on and trying to help him find out who's using Stark's tech. And she gives him a ride back to New York, and it's a, it's a funny little... Uh, panel as he's all webbed up to the back of Ironheart as she's flying him back to New York City, and then you get to see the the Johnny Storm um, with Peter's sister angle kind of plays out, and you find out that she's not really Peter's sister. She was a CIA agent like Peter's parents who was brainwashed into believing that she was Peter Parker's sister and that they were her parents. Um, but it, well, that wasn't actually the case and that um, her memory was erased and that she actually um, started putting two and two together and, and everything came back to her. And So that's the story of Peter's sister. And then it cuts to him going on his coffee date, um, dressed as Spider-Man in a suit coat, which, which is really, really funny. Um, there's some good one-liners in there. There's some good one-liners from Ironheart about how the, calling yourself Ironheart is like um, referring you to your D&D character in a, in a business meeting. So that's pretty funny. And you get some action in a coffee shop. And it's it, it, this book is just so a lot of fun. And his sister said that, you know, she she had her memory erased and everything. She's working for this sh- sector of S.H.I.E.L.D. And now she's being chased. And she's um, trying to find, you know, she's just trying to seek cover and knew Peter would help her and that um, they erased, you know, her knowing his identity and the Kingpin knew his identity and they erased his as well. And he's like, well, how did you remember I was Spider-Man? And she was like, well, I started putting two and two together and the pieces just kind of fit together. And Peter's like, man, I hope the Kingpin doesn't do that. And then Ironheart calls Spider-Man. And she's like, listen, I tracked down that Stark, uh, that hacked Stark phone. And uh, it led me... Um, She's like, you might want to pay a visit to acting. He's like, who is it? She was like, Wilson, Wilson Fist, the kingpin of crime. And then it cuts back to Peter's sister sitting in the apartment looking at photos of, of Peter and their family and, and the fake photo she has. And it ends and it says, the next issue is the kingpin. This book is still, I give this book a 9 out of 10. This book is still so much fun to read. It's the Spider-Man book. I've been waiting for. It's what I wanted in a Spider-Man book. It's funny. It's entertaining. It's got good moments. It's got that great power that comes with great responsibility. It got that quirkiness. It's it's got everything you look for in a Spider-Man book. So I'm super excited with it, and I can't wait for issue three. So that'll do it for this week's episode. That's it for comic book reviews. Uh, like I said, there's only three books. It's kind of a slow week. Um, hopefully next week is better, but I can. Probably not because it's the end of the month. So I know, I know we have Iceman three next week. So that's something to look forward to. Um, I'm still working on trying to get Cena Grace to do an interview. Um, he's at San Diego Comic Con this weekend. So if you're there, say hi to him. Uh, so hopefully we can get that done soon. But that'll do it for this episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. As always, my name is Matt. Saying remember to support your local comic shops, and we'll see you 